two movies, three rounds, one winner. Welcome to the Movie Battle Podcast. Movie Battle Podcast co-host. Movie Battle Podcast co-host. Movie Battle Podcast co-host. I had no idea what you were doing there for a minute. You were just supposed to say, hey, you were supposed to be here four hours ago. Really? So, I'm the dirty one? There's going to be a lot of quoting no, in this I, episode. I'm the thirty one. Ah, yeah. yeah. Nicely. Nicely done. I always thought it was dirty as well as a child. Last night. Oh, what's t- Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm the one who's late. Hmm. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Understanding Things for the First Time as an Adult. And I meant to check what episode number this was, but I've forgotten it now. But anyway, it's a, it's a new era, or a new um, phase. You know. <laughs> a new era. A new era is a bit strong, but a new phase. <laughs> um, you know, we've just finished horror season with the last one last week, mm. with Halloween and Friday, or Friday the 13th. Halloween... Although, you know what? This is here. the perfect transition from horror back to our kind of... Uh, devil may come kind of whatever whatever genre we do because both have horror elements in them yeah yeah they do definitely um, do um, both are dark comedies obviously yeah it's I'm, so you go on sorry well just I'll go in with the it's 1993's So I Married an Action Murderer directed by Thomas Shalami <laughs> I don't know if that's pronounced properly or not against 1996's Cable the, the Cable Guy directed by Benjamin Stiller Ben Stiller most people for those of you who don't know him as well as we do yeah um yeah okay so again if you didn't hear last week we kind of discussed a little bit uh, about kind of where this came from if you're just scrolling down through our channel and you see oh batman versus the dark knight oh um the exorcist versus the omen or was the exorcist the omen? yeah was it yeah um you know, and then you see, so I made an axe murderer versus the cable guy. You're like, huh, that stands out just a little bit. Um, there's two reasons. Well, really, I suppose there's one reason. We watch these movies over and over and over and over again as kids. Uh, and back in the '90s when they first came out, these movies were huge in our house. They were quoted, referenced, reenacted watched so much that as I we t- said last week the local video shop actually ended up just giving us the copy of Simon and Axe Murder because nobody else ever rented it it was always us um, and it was like oh, just keep it it doesn't matter yeah and like in relation to Jim Carrey like every one of his films that came out in the 90s from Ace Ventura up to whatever maybe myself and Irene or whatever was just constantly, it was always acquired. It was like the next thing, next Jim Carrey film, we have to have it. Yeah, it, And it, it the was... Cable Guy, despite not being as well received by a lot of people, was like probably our, possibly our favourite of his comedies. Among definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that, along with Dumb and Dumber and, uh, and The Mask, they would definitely, I mean... Yeah, they're, they're three of the pillars, I think, of yeah. these comedies. I, I think, yeah. Um, anyway, we'll go into all that later. But but yeah, 
so th- this is kind of um this is one maybe more for us and our other brothers than all of you hopefully you'll enjoy it i doubt you'll be as involved as we are in this to episode. be fair though like mike myers and jim carrey were you massive. know too, but, massive but like, in the 90s i mean know? like cave guy always had that name as being like his first bad movie jim carrey's first bad movie which we never agreed with and i mean okay i'll say it right now looking back I still I don't see what people I'll go into it later on why but I, mm-hmm. I think I still think this is a good movie um, So My Next Murder is one I never hear anybody ever talking about I feel like that was one that flew under the radar a bit um, it was just you know one of those movies you pick up randomly and we loved it and you know that was it but uh, yeah so that's kind of a little preamble about why this episode is here it may stand out a bit but uh we plan to do more comedies as we go on uh into the future i think this is definitely not going to be jim carrey's last uh appearance no. on the movie battle podcast and i'm sure uh i can mike see myers, mike myers wayne's world coming up at some point or austin powers, austin powers as well. yeah. who knows um but yeah okay so will we dive into it we will dive into it yeah let's go so it. it is opening with round one music um so both movies um, have a score and a soundtrack. And I think in both, probably the soundtrack features probably more prominently yeah. than the score. So. Um, so, but the score was um, uh, written by uh, Bruce uh, Broughton and then various other artists added to the, to, to the soundtrack. Um, and, and just before we go into it, actually... He Bruce Broughton he scored the entire movie and then afterwards uh, they kind of started adding more and more pop songs to it and he he wasn't totally against it like he could see where they're coming mm-hmm. from obviously he probably would have preferred they didn't do that but he, he didn't he said that he was happy with the end result so he thought it it worked but yeah it's interesting that, that there was a lot of score written that we never heard mm-hmm. we were interested to hear it but um but yeah okay so uh well. Well, we kind of touch on the score first, then I guess, and then kind of go into the songs. That I don't are, know. I just, I, I just kind of my notes are just kind of bopping around the place. Kind of generally, I, I follow the structure of the movie, but I don't care. Wherever you want to go, go. Uh yeah okay, okay. we'll go to the beginning. Like I mean, there's actually two versions of There She Goes in the film. Uh, so you've got. Is the, it a different version? Well, no, they had to use both of them. The Boo Radley's was the one in the opening, and they have it again in the credits. It's kind of a faster paced one. Okay. So Joe, when they have that opening shot of the coffee yeah, being yeah, made. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they have the one by the lad. I think it's the lad is their name or something. Lads is the slower version one when he's driving past the butcher, and he sees her outside. You know that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what I kind of like about the the opening one, the Boo Radley's version, is kind of there's a nice kind of quick beat to it. it kind of it's pacey, you know, and it kind of um. It sets a tempo straight away yeah. of what this is, and and I like that it kind of it, you show the coffee being brought back, cleaned, and then. It's a very nicely shot opening. It's a really good shot. shot. I mean, they definitely didn't dry that cup or that mug properly. (laughs) That was still wet. No, it was shot very well. It was it was a nice intro. um, It captured the fun as well of being out on a Saturday night. Something that we I think a lot of people haven't done in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, this year, you know. Yeah. But it did capture that as well. That kind of energy, you know, positive, you know, positive. It did. It was upbeat. I mean, to be honest, and this is setting up what. Something as doing a genre, I know that neither of us really care that much about, but it this is a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. um, and usually romantic comedies and us are, are ships passing in the night. It's not something we dip our toes into. I mean, the odd time, 
Yeah, a good one's a good one, you know what I mean? But, Terminator. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, minus the comedy, but romantic. Yeah. I, I, That's more love story, though, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. Ro- romance and romantic comedy are two completely different mm. things. You can have romance and in no way be similar to romantic comedy. That's true. Um, the romantic comedies, I'm talking about, like, say, good ones. Yeah, like, I know, uh, I just... Uh, the Wedding Singer, for example. That's, a, that's, a, that's an excellent example of a of a really good romantic comedy. But... Uh, <laughs> Terminator. No, but Terminator, I meant it's like it's romance. Or there's romance. Yeah, no, I know, but... Because you said... We haven't done any romance ones, and then no, well, it popped into my head. I know, obviously, it's not a comedy; it's completely yeah. different. But no, it's just romantic comedy is a distinct genre. I know, it, I know. It's usually cookie cutter, hmm. follows a very set formula, is boring, and has this stupid breakup at the middle, which this has, but you know, it's actually done okay. Um, you know, and they get oh, will they get back together again? Well, won't they? Will they? Oh, they did. Oh, what a shock. Okay, um, yeah. I yeah, but the thing it. is, what's good about this is you're questioning it the whole time. I, I should he get back with her? You know. Yeah, no, and that's, then, that, that's why this one keeps my interest when most don't. Yeah. But anyway, to the music. Um, yeah, so there she goes. I mean, it's a fine, it's a, it's a happy, you know, go lucky pop song. It sets the mood. It sets this that establishes this romantic comedy world you know movie we're going into um it sets up the kind of well the shots more so set up the kind of charlie and how he's kind of a, a i'd say a beatnik or a wannabe beatnik you know if, if it was today we would say he's a hipster definitely mm-hmm. that, yeah that's a pub full of hipsters but um you know it, it definitely it sets up the movie really well straight away just i was mentioning then saturday night <laughs> well that scene <laughs> and like I gotta be honest his father enhances that song massively to another level you like, know that is my favourite song in the movie and without that film it wouldn't have the same weight to it you know that film uh, no but I mean Mike Myers version of that song yeah. is my favourite song in the movie um, I, I I quote that all the time whenever I'm going out on a Saturday night I'll send people that clip um, but I think what you do, you, like we, we would seek this song out because of that film. Like that's how how well it worked, you know. Yeah, no, it, it's, like, just, you know I mean? it's just it's uh, just it's one of those things. Uh, every second that um, Stuart is on the screen, yeah. I love to be honest. Yeah, but he does it so well. And then again, he has things that if you want my body as well, or no, if you think I'm sexy, is that, is that the title? I'm yeah. not sure. That song, he does a great rendition of that as well. Um, but yeah, I I thought actually the more outside of there she goes, the music really stood out to me most when characters were singing. So you had, you had Saturday Night, you had If You Think I'm Sexy, then you had um, Only You as well being sang by Harriet. Yeah, um, and then uh, then when it's played in the hotel later as well. Actually, we'll get to that later. But yeah, it's played again. Only You is played is sang by Harriet. Um, most of the music. Well, I loved the the jazz music that accompanies his poems. Oh well. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really good. Yeah, no, and the kind of the doom doom boom boom boom. Yeah, yeah, no, boom. no, that's that's done. That's done. Yeah. Well, I I do like that. Um, 
it, it, it's quite pretentious, but it, it, the music actually was the jazz was nice mm. to go with it. Um, but you know what's funny is, and then we go back to Bruce Broughton, uh, who who composed the score, and the score kind of it does it disappears for the for vast majority of the movie. It comes back to the end, but it comes back very much so at the end when when it, when the movie becomes a horror movie, yeah, a straight I up think very menacing, comedy, and kind of threatening. And, yeah, like it kind of enhances your. Um, fears for Charlie you know, definitely I mean I, I first really kind of really kind of got grabbed me was on the honeymoon when Charlie goes to the bathroom yeah. and Harriet follows and him that stare over. she gives her like yeah, what is and the music on? really adds yeah. to the tension of that scene um uh, it was done very well. Both, you know, how it was shot and the music really but, worked yeah. well together. But you even as well, you, when um, Joe, when she's talking to him uh, and she's talking about, you know, how vulnerable it can be, like, I could just, like, push you off a cliff. And there's this kind of, like, subtle kind of undertone of danger, you know. Yes, yeah. That something could occur and it's not safe and it helps you kind of, um, again, kind of fear for him and kind of understand why he's questioning and, like, what, should I go through with this? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a few shots of yeah. him when he's, like, Lying awake in the bed beside yeah, her, and, and, the, and the music does work well yeah. there as well. Um, there are a few moments, yeah, w- w- where the score, and I think definitely the score would was a way better choice. And having a pop song come in, mm. the score was the right decision there. And then you know maybe there she goes was the right decision yeah. at the at the start. I think, like as I said earlier, the composer was happy with the mix, and and I think I think it does work. I think. They generally use a score when it made more sense, and used a soundtrack uh, song when it made more sense. Um, of course, then you know when Rose shows up at the very end, like and it becomes a full blown horror movie, and the score you know works well to accentuate the action that's going on. Yeah. And, um, I thought it, it. I mean, it didn't. It didn't grab me as being like you know astounding. Com- you know music. You know we've just come off a a, a horror fest and. Um, we've heard a lot of horror music, and you know it doesn't really stand up against I, yeah, most of them. I will say that I think because it's comedy, it yeah. did it stand stood out in that and that it stood out for the fact that it's a comedy and you're hearing some of that kind of creepy, mute, oh, threatening kind of music because you don't usually hear that in a comedy. Yeah, no, that's true. So I mean, in that, from yeah, that point yeah. of view, it did kind of like yeah. it, it is a dark comedy. I mean, yeah, no, it, that, that's a fair comment. Like it isn't something you're used to hearing in a comedy. Um, and it definitely, as I said, it, it complemented the the scenes quite well. Um, you know that as as the as the tension <coughs> as the mood changed greatly, um, as it really became a, a horror movie, um, it did its job quite well. We are going on to Cable Guy. Yeah, the Cable Guy. The Cable Guy. So again, this is another example of um, there was a score by John Ottman. And then also a soundtrack uh, on top of it of of um, songs from various different artists. Um, well, can I just say that one of the things I found most clever about the use of this score was that at times it like duplicated what he was humming. So like yeah. he'd say like, do you know the one thing about real life is you don't have action or danger music. Dun 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 dun, dun. and then the music becomes that. Or like when he's humming the Star Trek music and then that comes in. You know, yeah. it's like it's duplicating what he's creating in in his mind to, you know, make it feel like he's in a film or a TV show, you know. Yeah, they're, they're both fantastic moments that I really loved. They really helped um, 
illustrate what was going on in his head and even though obviously he's vocalizing them both but it really captures kind of that obsession of pop culture that he mm. has all the time yeah. um and it was it's actually quite meta as well you know it reminded me a little bit of um of scream oh yeah definitely um which came out the same year as well oh really okay yeah. that's funny um it really reminded me of that in that that was a really meta commentary on uh analyzing film um and even kind of more so because i mean it's brilliant even obviously it works as it's comedy but um it's it kind of almost it's more tongue-in-cheek as the music you know it's like it's like the composer is nodding and winking at us it's mm -hmm. like as when chip says you know as you just said trouble there's no danger music and then oh there is actually and it's like we can hear mm -hmm. but chip and steven uh, uh can't. can't um but yeah i agree i loved those moments i thought they worked really really well and didn't like the opening uh theme for the film like it gives this real sense of kind of like intrigue and kind of wonder like you're kind of seeking out or discovering kind of which is kind of what chip is doing trying to get a friend trying to you know experience things that he kind of has found hard to experience <coughs> because of the childhood he had and I feel like the music kind of really kind of captures that you know it kind of it mirrors his emotions basically you know and then there's that kind of that lullaby in there too at, at times in, in the in the score that kind of like represents that child that's still in Chip you know, yeah, I don't know if you noticed that the, the, I did the, there are several moments that have a real eeriness to them um the first one that kind of grabbed me was uh, when just after he turns back on, sleeps in Seattle for uh, for Stephen and uh, what's her name? Robin. Robin. Um, when he turns it back on for Stephen and Robin and um, it pans out to him in the van. And that's the first time we see that he's actually living in mm. the back of his van. Yeah. It's, quite, it's quite a sad scene. And that music plays... Uh, and then flash back to his childhood where he mm. was basically abandoned while his mother went out drinking and meeting yeah. people. Um, and it really sets him up. We There's another layer of we, start to, we really kind of start to understand why he is the way he is. Mm. But the music worked really well. But yeah, also then later on as well, like even like very near the end and there's a, there's almost kind of an angelic kind of hint to it at times. Um, uh yeah, so as um, he, he, when he's just, like, when he has his kind of final breakdown, you know, when after uh, Stephen has grabbed Robin, or he's let Robin go, Chip has, and he's just kind of, all I ever wanted was a friend, and he's just laying everything out. Mm. The music there, I thought, was really, really nice. It was really effective. Then when the helicopter comes, yeah, like, yeah, you were never there for me, mother, right? Mother yeah. and, um, very, quite heavy scenes, yeah. you know. Um, and I think... I think that is why it didn't wasn't as well received um, as I think it should have been. Mm. But um, we can get to that later. Um, didn't like didn't aside from that didn't like there's a couple of songs that I've highlighted that kind of worked well. In it. Like first one was I loved you know when when Stephen's waiting for him to arrive to fix his cable and you just hear there's a song. TV is yeah. the thing. I this year, like that was very I mean, fitting. Again, has to has to sing. Um, I actually don't even know the song. I just that was that lyric just kind of because I even listened on the television. Yeah, and, yeah, no, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was just perfect. it was kind of just a little um, nod. But then like um, Joe Heyman, nice shot. Joe, the, it's the one when he's playing the basketball. Oh yeah, that yeah. like encapsulated the kind of insanity and like how quite unhinged he is, kind of you know, in the in the way he's kind of playing with them and you're kind of roughing them up and that and just. 
just the manner in which he's kind of engaging yep. with him in this yep. game. It's supposed to be a friendly game of basketball and he's just been taking it so seriously and like, I have to be with Steven and it's so intense. Yeah, and no, like, uh, yeah, there's a couple of stuff for me as well. There was um the scene with the medieval times hmm. blind by he's by silver chair. Um and um, you know, when like and Steven starts kind of uh fighting back yeah. and the music kicks up and yeah. I thought it worked very well there. Um, the best song of the entire soundtrack for me is Jerry Cantrell's song at the closing credits. Um, he's the lead guitarist of Alice in Chains. Oh. And, and, and what's interesting is, is that the entire soundtrack was made up of unreleased songs by alternative kind of hard rock and metal at the time, musicians. Like. Yeah, they were all these songs were unreleased at the time. Um, and that was actually Jerry Cantrell's first ever solo uh, song. Like, I'm a huge Alice in Chains fan, like so. It was quite. I don't think I'd heard that one before, actually. Um, I, I also loved um, the one by um, Rob Zombie, Joe, more human than the human man, because it kind of had that frenetic energy. Which scene was that in again? Joe, when he's like, um, he's like, uh, the video pops up, and he's trying to run down to the office just to get there. Before oh his boss. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that intense, intense. It intensifies. Yeah. He's like trying to rush her to get her ahead of him, and that music kind of builds and gets more energetic yeah you know I thought that worked really well yeah too. And, and the last piece that kind of really kind of grabbed me was uh, the dream sequence that kind of 70s yeah. cop chase music <laughs> it was so bizarre psychedelic kind of uh, well. yeah yeah very much so like an early 70s kind of black exploitation or mm. you know, kind of Starsky and Hutch yeah. kind of thing going on I, I think though um, before like we have to mention as well uh, Jim well, Carrey's version of uh, Somebody to Love yeah it's fantastic it is phenomenal it's really really good I remember, I remember some, like, several people saying to me back in the day like he didn't sing that there's no way he sang that he did he mm. sang that he sang every bit of it um he really is an incredible performer. He's, yeah. he's so many, uh, so many different ways he has of, of 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 expressing. You know, I wouldn't even say comedy, but expressing the character. But he's like just a, he leaves nothing, uh, behind. He gives <laughs> puts it all everything. Out there. He yeah. puts every single thing on the table, every inch of himself, um, and it was really <laughs> was an incredible performance. Um, definitely one of the most memorable of the score. You know. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's it for me. You ready to vote? Yeah, ready to vote. Um, I think. Okay, yeah, I, 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 it is close for me. Um, it, I, you know, I mean, <laughs> it is close in the sense that the two, like the two bits that I actually kind of that I enjoyed the most. Actually, the bits I enjoyed the most were were, were <laughs> Stuart Charlie's father singing Saturday Night. And 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 Jim Carrey, Chip singing "Somebody to Love." Those two scenes um, set up really well. But I I thought that the actual music, the score and the music that accompanied Cable Guy was stronger overall. So I would give it the Cable Guy. Yeah, I'd agree. I for the same reasons. I'd go Cable Guy too. Okay. That's it, straight up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, I mean, no, yeah, I, I've okay. been finding that before, like, we, we, we give all the reasons and then... Yeah, we w- And then we again. just keep repeating ourselves. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to say... Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right, all righty then. Uh, oh, now, did you hear that? Huh? That's the first of several references tonight, maybe, hopefully. Or maybe not. Um, it wasn't even planned. Um, okay, so... <laughs> I'd rather let you hang there. This is this is why you come. This is why you listen to this podcast, isn't it? For obscure '90s Jim Carrey references, um, which we have not done. Have we done it all so far? <laughs> I just said already. Then no, I know. But before that, 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's the first, you know. He says, it won't even round one, Liam. Yeah, the, the night is young. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so let's move on to round two. And surprise, surprise, but it's a debut for this round. It is comedy. What well, Round two is comedy. Comedy in a comedy movie. Shocker. It's like having horror in a horror movie. It's where we planned it. Um, okay, so, so my next murder. Um, you want to get want to start? Well, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit. <laughs> there's like, a touching lot. a lot of there stuff. There's a, a, um, a, a lot. I guess I'll start off with I guess who I think is the funniest character in the film, which is Stuart. Obviously, Stuart McKenzie. Uh, so we've got like him. Uh, Berating his younger son about the size of his gargantuan cranium. Um, the bit about like what was it when he's like, oh, that, I, I was a bit offside there with that comment. He'd yeah, be crying yeah, himself today, tonight, and his huge pillow. Yeah, it's like, like a melon on a tooth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Head, move, no. Or, um, I love when Charlie says to him, um, he's like, uh, Dad, how could you hate the Colonel? And he's like, uh, what does he say? He puts because he puts addictive chemicals that makes you crave into his chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly. Smart ass. <laughs> but when he says interesting, cuckoo. You see, when when Stuart turns back, he kind of has this like weird eyebrow twitch at, with his angry face, looking back at him, kind of. But just you know, a little you, thing, but it's you like. You know what? It's interesting. Is I, I I like for me, Stuart is without a doubt uh, the best part of this movie, um, but. I would love to watch a spin-off uh, of... Even Mike Myers could still play him now because he's still younger yeah, than Stuart, Stuart is there. I would love to see it. I'd love to see just... A, even like like a TV series, a sitcom of, 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 of Charlie's parents um, would, be, would be definitely worth watching. But um, what you said there when, when, when Charlie goes cuckoo... I have to say, I, I even though I think Mike Myers is a really good actor, a good comedy actor, I did find him a little over the top in the movie at times. It, it, I wonder, I mean, he was, I don't know if he was still in SNL at the time or if he was just off of SNL. But it was I, 93, probably film 92, so he could have been. Yeah, I'm not sure. He was definitely either in it, because uh, we, did, we didn't get, we don't get SNL in Ireland, so we're just going off of, you know, you know, whatever stories of people talking about documentary in Wayne's World or whatever, but um, a guy didn't know the Wayne's World came from an SNL sketch when I first saw Wayne's mm. World. For years, I never knew that it was started as a sketch in SNL. But anyway, um, that cuckoo line felt very uh, sketchy, if as in like it felt like it belonged in a sketch. You're like in a theater. Like it felt very over the top. It didn't feel natural. I thought. His performance as Stuart is really natural, and Brenda Ficker, as always, is amazing. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, and this I, paper contains facts. <laughs> Man gives birth. That's fact. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought they were all great, and I'm, and I, I'm not that Charlie is bad through the whole thing. Just there were some moments where, um, I thought he was just too much. I thought he he didn't his performance didn't belong in the movie. Um, um, did you did you feel that at all? No, not really. I mean, I thought Stuart was the funniest character, but I think Charlie was supposed to be funny, but also supposed to be kind of you know, the lead guy as well. So he kind of carries some of the more emotional. And, and part he of the he, film he too. does, yeah, and he does have funny moments. But I have to say, when I look at my notes, and when I was, I really kind of I only realized it tonight when I was writing my notes. 
that almost all of the moments that stand out for me are non-Charlie moments. As like the funniest parts. Like even like the the, the, the parts are, like that involve Charlie, like showing the picture of Charlie with him shit himself in Niagara Falls. Like that's how yeah, right, Charlie. Was. But you like, fall in now, didn't yeah. you? But they're all aimed at Charlie, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, um I'll just to finish on Stuart first, like I'll get we'll kinda of go through the other characters, but he has so much stuff like do you know the bit where um after they get married he's like, Let's get pissed yeah. or like um when the piper collapses, you know, uh, we have a piper down. I repeat, we have a piper down. It's all right. It's just pissed. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's just a great character. Um, and he feels very well. We're going to get into that in character later, but um, yeah, no. But so just as I was, as I was saying, it's like like kind of there are so many great moments, like you know, where actors come in for like one scene and just kill it. I mean. Phil Hartman is the is 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 one, but to be honest, there's loads. Of, but Phil Hartman's performance, like he, the second he's on screen, I'm laughing. Like he just has that look, <laughs> just the the sheer. You can see that he. Which gets Phil Hartman in? Phil Hartman, you know, he plays Troy McClure and. Oh, uh, he plays um yeah 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 oh that scene or like where um yes yeah, so in that where Charlie's talking to Tony about Harry and Joy and he's going great and then I wonder thing about Harry and, 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 and it looked like <laughs> obviously Tony's done this tour yeah. a few times before yeah. and he's like no 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 you didn't like, we're, we're, we're front row yeah. shut and the story then is just yeah. I mean darkly hilarious oh, as God, well yeah. and they look at their face like what the hell this way to the cafeteria yeah. <laughs> Charlie's kind of like what the hell and Tony's yeah. kind of half smiling half like this is effed up but it's kind of cool and funny and it's in a weird way um, um, uh, the stuff then with Tony and his captain <coughs> like, Tony oh, Tony so good Tony I don't mean to intrude but you seem a little down you know and so like, many great performances as yeah, well and yeah. then Trenick comes in later like and he's like you know you screw us up uh, spaghetti man I'm gonna pack your bags back to my land and then like Captain, I won't let you down. Walks out and then back in. Good for you. Oh, that was much better. <laughs> like, I was oh, nervous. Did, yeah. did I give it too much in the end yeah, there? Yeah. Uh, no, it was great. Like, I got to go now. I got to save a life. But that was great. <laughs> and he's like, really later he calls him out again. And he's like, no, not now. He's like, oh, is it too much with the ethnic slurs maybe? You know? It's just like, no, it's like, I got to go. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like you're a director critiquing yeah. an actor. <laughs> um, just when he walks back in. Yeah. That was great. That was, that was really good. Like, it's, you know, it, it was, it was, it was a great, it was a great idea. It's something, you know, that, <laughs> I mean, because comedy, the whole I mean, comedy, obviously, is on a base level, is is you, you're surprised, right? Mm. It's like when something happens that you don't expect to happen, it's funny. Yeah. Um, and then that's obviously also why comedy uh, ages poorly. Um, the more you watch it, um, the less funny it yeah, is. Yeah, just because you're used to it. Too. And mm. now we mm. did watch these a hell of a lot of times, both of them. But it's it's a long time since I've seen some of Next Murder in full. I I think the key is with a comedy, if you've seen it quite often, is watch it with a group because yeah. if you watch it with a group you'll kind of you well, feel you, that you feel out the energy from, yeah exactly yeah. well it's like a horror isn't it yeah. as well it like, is that yeah. kind of atmosphere yeah. and kind of you're all in this um, together kind of yeah um, no, I mean like Michael Richards another one who played, who played Kramer in Seinfeld <laughs> Uh, you know, a little little moment, a little yeah. scene, but just did they mention their wife? No, no, they didn't mention their wife. And then he was my right home. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> um, uh, wait, I did you take your job too seriously? Life goes down the drain. Um, hey, these are real people you're talking about. <laughs> um, they were in like the the pilot guy. Oh God! <laughs> it's like this is safe. Yeah, I've never done it at night. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes a ball. What's like, what, like, I will, will this take long? No. Well, 
I'm not sure. I have no. I have no sense of time yeah. at all. <laughs> okay, jeez. And then the guy from Beethoven. Oh they yeah. Him yeah. <laughs> like a, a commoner's vehicle. No. No. What do we know? It's like I know for a fact you're on the right to take this vehicle. Can I please take this vehicle, commandeer this vehicle? No. You're just not going to bend in this commandeering thing, are you? And uh, oh, I liked about that as well is that it, it was a payoff for Tony earlier, where he's talking to the captain. He's like, "I never even come near the vehicle." Yeah, like, yeah. I never went to chase, you know, and all these things he wanted to do, and he's finally getting his chance now, where it's ju- totally justifiable. He has to go and save a life yeah. and his best friend, and it's like. And he's so nervous in it, only. Do you mind not doing that? Is that annoying you? No, it's one of my favorite things. And he's almost afraid of him as well. So he's so deadpan. It was a great performance, and just a great again another little scene where an actor shows up, puts on an amazing moment, and then just bows out again. I also loved the bit where you know where he's like they're taking him up to the room. And Charlie's like, hey, stay for a nightcap. Uh, yeah. No, you think should stay together. No, seriously, stay for a nightcap. I, I don't think I really should, sir. Stay for a nightcap! And he just and runs off. Away. Yeah. I, I love the line as well about um, the, they're talking about Russian martial arts. And he's like, uh, you know, Scotland has its own martial arts. Uh, it's called, if you, it's basically just uh, punching and then kicking people around the ground. I'll be honest, that, that one was one that I, I, I didn't laugh as much on the rewatch. I enjoyed it a lot when I was a kid, but it, it felt a little, I don't know, felt a little obvious to me. One, one line I did like in that scene, though, was the, you know what this room could do? And a ridiculously oversized mm. poster of Atlantic City. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. and Joe actually, and, and, and it reminds me, and I was going to say it for later, but it was a very Chandler Bing line. Yes, yeah. And he surely really of... reminds me of Chandler yeah. in a lot of ways. We'll get to that later. <laughs> when he walks up to the shower because he thinks Harriet's in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Touch someone else. Touch someone else. <laughs> yeah, it's a great moment. And uh, then the cereal or the breakfast room. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, they just... Fruit Loops. Yeah. <laughs> well, Fruit Loops are... Um, what was it? Uh, reasonably high in fibre. <laughs> yeah, stuff and just one final thing just um, before we go on, well, at least for me anyway, is... Uh, I just love the Garth Brooks juice diet. Just, <laughs> I love those just so specifically random, you know, you know, non-health conscious um, uh, uh, celebrity just um, endorsing a random thing because someone threw money at them. It just felt very realistic. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah just, uh, just two other moments. Uh, just, I liked the bit. Do you know when she's like, talk, again talking about the... He's like, you know, well, what, what could you do? Do you know? And she's like, I could do, put something in your ear. He's like, ah, 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 ah. Just screaming. I love the way because it, it goes from tension yeah. you know, into actual just humor, yeah. full of fledged humor. Um, before that, then when she backs him into the the closet room and stuff just collapses on him, we just wanted to have her health, have the health drink because after yeah. watching that thing on the on the document or that news thing about like ways people can die, you know, from their uh, loved ones or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then I forgot the bit where Tony's questioning Harriet in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's it, a it, steam, it, steam on the roof, listen! It's a very silly moment, but it works. It does yeah. work well. Because he just wants that moment. Yeah, and Tony's being, soaking yeah. up every second of being yeah. the cool cop. Yeah. Questioning. He's just, just not getting this room. Uh, just one final moment. Just It's a little subtle thing, but you know when they have the... Um, the you know, they're celebrating the anniversary thing. Mm. 
and his small oh, brother yeah. William just takes a, goes for a little slug of the drink, just like casually, <laughs> and then he one just pulls his arm down. Yeah, yeah. But um, small thing, but you know. Yeah, and then there's a lot of I mean again, and a lot of those that we kind of spotted, you know, we're watching over and over again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, there's um. It's a lot of funny moments in this film. Yes, definitely. And and after a lot of watches for us. Now, look, maybe we're biased. Maybe it's nostalgia is kicking in, and that's certainly possible. But I genuinely laughed out loud at a couple of moments. Mm. You know, I think, you know, it was definitely a good comedy. Um, Cable Guy. (coughs) So, uh, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Perfectionist. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 one, the, the first lines that I actually one lines I had forgotten was, um, I never thought they'd get the floors clean after what happened here. <laughs> oh, what happened? Oh, they had a lot of cash. <laughs> <laughs> or I love when he's like uh, saying about like you know I heard about your old lady kicked you out and then like feels like heartbreak to me. Well, I really don't want to discuss this with you. Yeah. <laughs> you just install my cable, please. <laughs> it's like why would he want this crude stranger like? Um. Yeah. No. It, it, it's. I'll be honest, though. What. 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 What struck me in this, in the rewatch, and this is probably the first time I've watched it uh, through as an adult. I would say, is um. This definitely works for me more as a drama than as a comedy. Like it definitely has funny moments, but to me, like like, uh, when I think of, I the think movie, underneath the comedy, there's a there's a. A serious yeah yeah but narrative yeah there, no yeah know. yeah but I, I think like when I when I'm when I'm do was doing my notes and I was watching it and when I think back of like what I really like about this movie so much of it is 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 Chip and Jim Carrey's mm. performance as Chip and not necessarily the funny parts but the the you know the sad the the real mm. parts the dramatic parts uh yeah but there are like I I have quite a few moments of humor listed no, there are, like, there that are, are very funny yeah, like yeah. uh. I love to, and some of the little subtle things, like even like where after Chip's finished installing his cable and uh, Stephen's like signing the paperwork or whatever, and uh, Chip just kind of just staring at him as he's signing it. But then as he glances up, Chip just kind of looks away as if like, you know, I was just looking around, I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> Small little moment, but I like it. It's awkward, but kind of, it's nice, you know. Yeah, no, um, I kind of, I, I like <clears throat> a lot of the, the, the moments that could, that kind of go along with the desperation. Mm. Or like even... when he showed up to the basketball game, and it's like, I installed cable last week and we hit it off straight away. I feel like mm. none of my whole life. It's so and it, it's so cringy. Yeah. And uh, I do like <clears throat> the cringe humour. It's kind like of, the British humour. I would say, yeah, they're very British style, they're very kind of the office Alan Partridge uh, style of humour where you're just cringing inside. You're like, oh no. <laughs> Also, I like, he's like, um, he's like, uh, you remember know my name? He's like, yeah. He's like, it's Ernie Douglas, but my friends call me Chip. And then he has this weird little smile and Stephen just goes, um, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. But he completely ruined the moment. There. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah. But to be honest, that's less funny and more creepy, I thought. I, I, I found it funny when he just said, um, goodbye. <laughs> just. Yeah, no, yeah, but I, I think, yeah, I mean, I can see how it's, you can say it's funny. But I, I, for me, it was funny. I okay, found yeah, that no, funny that's then, fine. But... It's fine. I'm just saying, for me, yeah. Yeah, I found it more, it, it was setting him up, kind of where we're going down that yeah. dark path. Of, of the, the, the hammy, the, you know, pulling the hammy thing, you know, the warm-up, that was just classic physical comedy Jim Carrey. That's a pure you know? Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was something they riffed on the day <laughs> yeah. or something. Just do go, go uh, wild. Because he just, he just has 
a physique that is just built for mm. physical comedy. He is kind of a freak of nature in that sense, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Mm. But um, uh, I like uh, when he's um, when he's like saying like you know, okay, next week you and me hang up, whatever you want, fine, you got it. Then bless you, you're too good to me, you know that you really are. Again, it's just like it's so much subtle thing, but I like it. Yeah, no, well, one thing I liked at a real subtle moment was. Was just after he sings somebody to love at the party, and uh, he 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 goes in with the prostitute into the bedroom, and they all kind of come in dancing, and you mm. see the looks in the face of the party guests—they they all look completely psychotic. <laughs> um, I never I'd say they all had a lot to drink. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> when you tell me what their faces, they grabbed me. I just I just laughed at that. I remember. Um, uh, but, when he's beaten up. Um, Owen Wilson's character in The Bachelor when he's like touch the alfalfa and that's then bang into the buckle that's gonna hurt Gene yeah um, um, touch the alfalfa is just such a great line I think the funniest moment possibly the funniest moment in the whole film is as he runs in to his boss he just here just utterly uh, useless utterly useless hair plugs hair plugs I, think you I, I, I don't I think hate you I think I hate, I think I hate him. him hair plugs hair plugs <laughs> get out it's like you couldn't like Chip couldn't have owned him more <laughs> Like it was just perfect. Because <laughs> all uh, it's utterly useless. It's utterly useless. Hair and you know what? Hair and this is like I didn't again. I just showed you just as a kid. Like I didn't even know what a hair plug was. Yeah. Like I assumed it was something to do with like fake hair. Or yeah, something. yeah. But like I never like noticed it before. Well, when I watched it, I'm like, oh my god, they're so obviously terrible. Like I mean, how did I not notice that as a child? But anyway, or <laughs> um, like the other bit where when he, when Steve was being arrested and he's like, but I haven't accepted any stolen goods. And he's just in his mind. Um, whatever fifty whatever inch TV TV, it be creaming, it's creaming, it's pass, pass, pass. Well, I love after Stephen gets out, and he sees him, he's like, "You look rested." Yeah, <laughs> just passive aggressive, just uh, yeah, uh, that was a good line. And then when they're playing like the porno password, and he's like, "No, I can't do this," and then he's father, "Oh come on, Stephen, don't be a stick in the mud," just like. Talk about kicking him when he's down, like, you know. Just... Um, I liked, actually, in the dream, that even in Stephen's dream, he, Chip is still pathetic. Yeah. Like, he's still, like, struggling to open the door, <laughs> open the door he's falling over. Feigning, leaving. Yeah, bye. You know, like, it was just, he's yeah. still weird. Yeah. And then even the panther, like, chase, yeah. you know, it's really kind of, you know, it's like a an in- relatively intense kind yeah. of scene. But it is played for laughs as, as much as it's played for, um, you know... I, I was reminded of GTA for a moment in this film where they have... Uh, um, you might have to wait for the trial, <laughs> but you don't have to wait for the film. Sammy, Sammy, no, Sammy. <laughs> always in a little crybaby. Then, brother, sweet brother. And it reminded me of... Um, Knife After Dark. Knife After Dark. Uh, in A Deranged Curse. Yeah. Uh, a Town in Turmoil. Or something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Knife After Dark. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's uh, I I love that whole thing running through it, the whole trial, <laughs> uh, just just I mean even just the, <laughs> I think he was Asian. <laughs> the way Benchler delivers that line is amazing because you you can tell that it's it's in even in that it's like he's completely yeah. faking it, putting it on, <laughs> pretending that he thought that's who it was. It actually plays on. A very real thing that happened. I'm not sure. Uh, God, I think it would have been around this time when I think it was a family. I I don't know if they they killed their child or if a child was missing or something. But they blamed it on 
like so, a random minority. I think it may have been Mexican people. They've been named like, oh, they just right. depicted like a random minority. It's like, oh, just blame it on them. Like yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. You know, no one cares about them. So it felt very much on point as well. A critique of kind of these kind of scumbags that would just blindly blame something on a you know a minority group, um, but just randomly say. I mean, like how and what's funny is is that like you know. Everybody in in the court case at that point knows that he was lying. He 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 um obviously he admitted it to actually killing him, but it was he's saying it wasn't murder or whatever. Mm. And like the whole thing about I think they were Asian, like complete fabrication. <laughs> or remember when they're on the satellite and he's given them like the kind of advice about you know, his relationship. I can't remember exactly what way he put it, but then Stephen was like, "That's really insightful." And he's like, "I know." It was Jerry Springer's final talk last week. <laughs> and he showed just kind of killed the moment. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I mean, I, I, we talked about it earlier, but the uh, there's no danger music in real life is a, is, mm, is a very yeah. funny moment. But the, kind of the final kind of real kind of uh, humorous moment for me in the movie was um, just the fact he was using the stapler as a gun, holding <laughs> it to her head. Like I mean, it would hurt, yeah, but like it's not gonna kill. Just had to have a prop of some kind to make it feel like yeah. he was really in this moment. Um, what was that? Uh, as well when he's like uh, he punched him you're gonna have to do better than that Stephen Stephen my lisp is gone and then bang you stupid son of a bitch yeah um, but yeah that, that's me for Cable Guy are you you know my brother is a speech therapist <laughs> so um, <laughs> never mind <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I thought that was a great way to close it. <laughs> Never mind, let's vote. Um okay, so uh okay, okay, I'll go I'll go first. <clears throat> so um so my next murder uh had football on the groin. <laughs> I had, we we were due a Simpsons reference. Hmm. You know. Um Okay, yeah, no, so um, so my next murder has uh, so many great small moments, um, like I was saying earlier, um, Stuart is phenomenal, and I think Mike Myers is funny, I mean, I think maybe I, maybe I was, said uh, sounds like I didn't, I didn't like his performance or whatever, maybe I was a little too harsh, I did like him, I think he's very good in it, I just thought there was moments where he was a little over the top, um, in, in uh, Cable Guy, I thought uh, Jim Carrey is phenomenal in it. Um, I think it's probably his best performance up until uh, Truman Show, I would say. It was his best performance as an actor as in a movie up until Truman Show came out. Um, it uh, Really good. I mean, good chemistry between him and uh, Matthew Broderick as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, but, but for me, going on, which film I laughed... At the most, it would uh, have to be uh, So I Married an Ex-Murderer. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I think Cable Guy has a lot of funny moments in it, but I think there was more funny moments in So I Married an Ex-Murderer. And I think Jim Carrey kind of carried most of the comedy. Now, there's some really funny bits with Stephen as well. Mm. But I think Jim Carrey kind of... Most of the comedy is on his shoulders, where I think yeah. in Summer and Action Murder, there's multiple characters yes. that yeah. carry the comedy. So I think I'll go, I, that's why I go for Summer and Action Murder for the comedy as well. Okay, so tight, tight one. So it's two all going into the final round. Um, and, uh, um, last week was very close as well. 
Um, and we had a tiebreaker just before that as well. Was it that with the X's and the Omen, wasn't it? Uh, possibly. Yeah, we did actually. Yeah. yeah. So the last three weeks now have been quite close. So it's good to see. Well, it was last week a tiebreaker. Last week wasn't, but it um. It was close. Though. It was yeah, close. Yeah. yeah, like we were both struggling to pick between mm. the two. Um, but yeah, before we go on to round three, we'll just plug a few things. So, uh. If you if you just randomly found this episode, we talked about it in a few previous episodes, but we recently released a short film. It's called Shantir. You can check it out on YouTube. It's on our YouTube page, the Movie Battle Podcast. Um, we also upload all our podcast episodes up there as well. Um, and then on social media, we have uh, Facebook, um, the Movie Battle Podcast, Twitter. We're at at the movie battle pod pod and on instagram or the movie battle podcast and we use the hashtag the mvp on all three of those as well to find us and if you want to email us it's the movie battle podcast at gmail.com did you yeah. mention that i didn't know if you mentioned that no no, no i was leaving that one oh, for okay. you yeah <laughs> it's the one for me yeah, yeah. um yeah. <laughs> usually you hesitate a bit so i was like i'll just keep going um yeah so we would love to hear from you you know if you want to leave you know even a comment or a like on like apple on uh, on spotify if you, if you can leave comments on spotify i'm not sure um but like you know a, a like or a comment really helps us with the algorithm try to get more people to find us listen to it um or share it obviously if you can um we appreciate any you know just listening is huge to us to be honest like when we see the number tick up one more person's listened to it or another country's been added to the map of people listening and it's really it's quite a you know it's, it's a great feeling you know it's a sense of achievement you know that somebody in canada or Argentina or you know Finland is listening to it and uh, hopefully liking it. Not, not hope we're not downloading and listening to three seconds and, and you know <laughs> jumping out. But uh, here's hoping anyway. But yeah, let us know, follow us, and uh, get involved. Okay, so round <clears throat> three is characters. So um. So for, yeah, so for So I Made an Axe Murder, uh, I mean, I feel it's pretty obvious. I had one with Charlie's parents, Tony, Rose, Harriet, and Charlie. Yeah, that's why I yeah. touched on as well. Okay, so will we start with um, parents? May, or Mary, and Stuart McKenzie. Yeah, so I like I like doing them together. And I'll be honest, though, uh, Stuart is my favorite character in the movie. It's just straight up. Uh, I like well him. he's a st- scene stealer absolutely every second like w- every second he's on screen I'm smiling what's funny is that I wrote down by accident uh, I wrote down a scene steamer <laughs> just really came out that way and, and you know what's funny as well is that again it's just how, just how stupid kids are but I didn't know that was Mike Myers uh, yeah. for the first I'd say 20 times I saw mm. that movie I did not know that was Mike Myers. It's like a prelude to Fat Bastard in Austin. Very Park. much so. And and Shrek as well. All three of mm-hmm. them have that Scottish yeah. uh, um, hint to it. But Stuart's my favourite. I think Stuart is the best of yeah. all three of those characters. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I think he's one of the best. I think he's probably the best character Mike Myers has played that I've seen him play. Uh, I, I like Wayne. I like Austin Powers. Dr. Evil. I like Charlie. I like Dr. Evil. But Stuart is a character I would... <laughs> 
Seriously, I know some people are going to go mad. Like, what is he raving about? But <laughs> I would love to see more of Stuart. Um, but he's like he's off, he's off the wall type. Yeah, character. but he feels yeah. very no, no, real. No, as well, which he? is no, but like it's. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but yeah. he's, just, he's he's so frenetic in his energy and mm. the way he delivers all the lines, you know. Yeah, um, and, and like he's kind of like I think maybe it's because he's Scottish and. And I think uh, Mike Myers' father was English, so I think he kind of he understood that kind of uh, culture thing. Mm. And then obviously we're Irish, so we're not British, but obviously we have a sim- we have a culture that's quite close to uh, British, and especially Scottish. We're both Celts, you uh, know. And, and even the fact that he doesn't hold back in like just completely, you know. Taking the taking the piss out of like his two sons, like he doesn't hold back That's at what I'm all. That's Like you know, I feel like which it, it feels uncle, very you know, yeah kind of yeah. And you know, we we have family members like yeah. that, you know. Like uh, I think that's why I like him so much. Is he's very feels very relatable, very real. He's taking the piss nonstop, but you can tell like that there's heart behind it. Like well, when he salutes, you know, Charlie, yeah, thanking him say for that. the yeah. And, you see another side to him, and, and he, he says, very, he's very proud of Charlie. Yeah, and he's and and of his marriage. He says like, yes. you know, twenty five years. He says the joke first, like, uh, could have been worse. <laughs> but then he says like that he still loves her, like Charlie's yeah, glad yeah. he married her, which was nice. You saw that, yeah, just very kind of family unit there. He's. Mm cares about his family even though he likes to take yeah but the classic <laughs> just you know like you know, didn't fall in like his girlfriend yeah. was over the first time oh, like yeah. and just yeah. even just standing and the way he eyes are up kind of like yeah. just, <laughs> standing there in his boxer shorts yeah. <laughs> hate pants no <laughs> um, yeah no so uh, I, I, maybe I, I just found him very relatable very likeable and and then, and then Bernard Fricker as, as Mary or me mm. uh, a completely she, different relationship with, with yeah, Charlie but then she has in each other typical and, mammy stuff yeah like you know worried about him you know asking questions about him uh, you know, so welcoming of, of Harriet immediately yeah, showing the, fa- the photos because yeah. she wants Charlie to settle down and yeah, have a family course, yeah. you know, she, she wants, wants grandkids yeah um, yeah so you, you, you really feel you really like them straight away. Yeah. They're really likable and I didn't have the thing then where she liked that fascination with Tony. Which is great, like you know. they would say, but I preferred her fascination with the weekly world news. <laughs> then that, that was so funny. There's so many great uh, yeah. lines through that. Um yeah, so I just 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 really likable characters. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Tony? Yeah, well he's like the First off, he's the loyal, caring friend to Charlie. Yeah, you know, he yeah, does yeah. tries to encourage him, and he not not act on his silly reasons for breaking up with women all the time. You know, yeah. So there's that side to him, but then there's also the side of him that like, you know, wants to be that kind of big time cop. He's like wants to be like Serpico, Joe, mm-hmm. dreams of what it's like, but then reality hits. Yeah, you know? he, he grew this up. This isn't a movie. You know? he, he grew up watching TV and yeah. movies, and was like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. And it was like. No, you're going to be filling up paperwork for the next four or five days. <laughs> yes, Captain. <laughs> and then, like, his captain is so nice and caring. Yeah. Um, that, that's a great... Uh, they have a great chemistry between yeah. the two of them. There's a great, you know, great going on. But, yeah, but Tony, I mean, be honest, like, he doesn't exactly have huge character development. I mean, he has that he longs for more. Mm. Then he kind of pays off for him in, in the third act. And so there's, a, there's an yeah. element of well, like, it. He, he's a likable character and yeah. he's funny. You know, yeah, he and really he, he is a bit of a gambine as well. Yeah. Um, like, especially that scene that we mentioned earlier where they're on the roof and he just, you just don't get it, do you? You know, and... Or like, yeah. Listen, they're on the roof right now. <laughs> or let's start where it's like, uh, so Tony, what's with the suit? I was like, uh, what do you mean, what's with the suit? You, what, you look like... Uh, uh, what was this, like, a 1970s pimp, pimp yeah. yeah again Starsky and Hutch yeah. he's clearly watching Starsky <laughs> and Hutch um, 
that's that's why he became a cop growing mm. up watching the, yeah. and those movies and stuff. But uh, yeah, um, I think that's kind of it, really. I mean, yeah, yeah. Rose. Uh, yeah, well, like <clears throat> she's even from the get go, it like there's something kind of a little off yes, about her. Is, you kind yeah. of you're like, well, just the first thing is like he opens up the shower. And like you know, obviously that's a really embarrassing moment yeah. for both people. Like Charlie is so apologetic, mm. and she's just standing there, like, "Oh, okay, whatever. Like, this is totally yeah. a normal event." But like when she says, "Like, you know, she has the note. It's like uh, Harry uh, left you a note. Oh, thanks." Yeah, and then she just reads it. Yeah, <laughs> but the the, the one I first time laughing at was, it's like, um, "I'll tell her nothing happened." Yeah. Nothing did happen. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said the same thing. Like, well, yeah. nothing did happen. Like, yeah, there's that. That is the first real kind of. Oh, there's something wrong. Yeah, because Ginger says, "Just, just be careful, Charlie, or yeah. just watch out." Yeah, or something. Yeah. It's like what? Um, <laughs> yeah, she's she's extremely possessive, mm. um, and uh, and we see later completely psychotic. That line though where she's like, you're not supposed to be in this room where this note is written and placed on the desk. <laughs> Do you understand? But she gets, she's really eerie which yeah. is Charlie. Yeah, it's strange. I remember when I was a child I was kind of scared of this Yeah, scene. yeah. It used um, to creep me out. It was, yeah, no, I, I was, she actually she did it very well. Yeah. And it, it, it's, uh, it's amazing kind of how quickly it really becomes full-blown horror. Yeah. But, even um, even in the room when, like um <coughs> he's saying like uh he mentions about uh she says something about Ralph and then she's like, Oh she said stuff about them, you know, and he's yeah. saying like, Did you mention me? Like yeah. you didn't come up, you know, and just, she's sussing out everything, like what's happening here, like could could he be another, you know, potential husband or Well, I think thing. she's definitely straight yeah. away she's like yeah. just gotta get this guy out of here. Yeah, like she's 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 like uh, sizing him up for like mm. what would be the best way to get rid of him or yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, um, Harriet. Harriet, sweet Harriet. You know, Harriet was like growing up one of the first you know, crushes. You know, you have like a crush on like mm. a character, yeah. an actress growing up. She was one of the ones for me. <laughs> you just like watching her, like, wow, she is really attractive. Um, <laughs> that stands to this day. <laughs> <laughs> she isn't any less attractive now. Looking at isn't that but I just, I just remembered that when I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I kind of, I started seeing women, you know. Like, yeah. You know. Um, um, but you know what's interesting? Similar to her Rose, though, when you first meet her in The Butcher, yeah. she kind of, she does seem a bit off as well, though. Like, she gives kind of certain looks. And uh, of... I have to say, this is, and this is, Harriet's kind of, it's with the whole thing with, you know, with the murder, right? The murders. Mm. This is what separates it for me from a run-of-the-mill standard rom-com is because Harriet is actually interesting. Like, yeah. you know, she she is, uh, you know, a wounded person. Mm. She's had a lot of trauma in her life. I mean, as far as she's concerned, she's been married three times and then abandoned three times. Yeah. And that's why, like, she's always on edge. Yeah. You know, and, and it actually, I mean, because it, it, it's so often, it's actually an excellent example of a red herring done well. Mm-hmm. Where you, you, she's set up to obviously be the murderer. Like when we first see her, she's that look on her face as she emerges from the back room of the butchers. She has the blood on the apron. Or, she's or, giving weird looks. Yeah, like Joni says about the, how many people you brutally murdered. And she's yeah. like, the way she, yeah. well, brutal is a very subjective word. Yeah. But brutal to one person <laughs> can be perfectly normal to another person. Yeah. And she gives him this look as she bites her, whatever, the pretzel or whatever she's yeah, eating. Yeah, yeah. 
It's just strange. And, and even like, I could do anything to you in the sleep and all these different <laughs> yeah. things. Uh, Which is funny because I have thought about that. Well, not that I thought about pushing someone off a cliff, but I have like had that moment like, geez, imagine if I did this horrendous thing. Yeah, I think everybody right has those moments <laughs> in your brain where you think, geez, what would happen if I did this ridiculously stupid, terrible yeah. thing? How would my life be destroyed or whatever? And then obviously, as we all do, we go, nope. I <laughs> mean, you push him back. <laughs> but um, the new, the show, um, the Move Out podcast has been cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Co host arrested on a suspect of double, <laughs> double murder. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Harriet. Uh, well, you were saying about like the kind of, you know, there's a bit of uh, post traumatic stress in, yes, in what yeah, she's yeah. experienced, but you can also see that she's really longing for yes, she uh, is. love. Like, you know, when he drives past. And he kind of gives a little chuckle, and yeah. you see she's looking, but it's kind of like a a sad kind of somber look on her face. Like it's some, she obviously finds him attractive as well, you know, and there's this kind of look of kind of like longing no, is, and sadness. There is a sadness to her, definitely. I mean, you she's a tragic character. Some ways, Even like when Charlie breaks up with her, and she's just yeah. got this kind of. Like a sad acceptance. She's yeah. not even angry. She's like, oh yeah, okay, this is. At least, of... at least you. Um, she's obviously hurt. Yeah, but well, what was the line she said though? Like at, le- at, le- at least, you, at least you did it early or something like that. Yeah, because he's like because um, obviously, she, as far as she's concerned, the others ran off. At least you left early on. That was yeah, it, yeah. Um, but you feel yeah, you do feel for her in that you moment. You do definitely because um, uh, if yeah, it's just it's, and then like even then when he's trying to like uh, um, when he thinks he's made a mistake, you know, and he's trying to get back at her, and she's like, Joe, you'll do it again, Charlie." Like that's one where you're kind of like, "Okay, well maybe she isn't." Um, Maybe she isn't, uh, didn't do it because if she was, she'd be instantly willing to accept him, you know, but she kind of is still yeah, and, and he, cautious he, of letting him back. Yeah, and even like when she, when he proposed and she's like, no, let's just move in together. Like, yeah. like, she's like, like every other marriage has gone wrong. Can we just hmm. do it a different way? Like do go about it a different way because marriage isn't working for me. And even then, like when, you know, they're asking, please say I do, and it takes her a long time to yeah, say I she do. Hesitates. And you, know? you and again, all of those moments excellently set up like, oh wait, is she mm-hmm. actually the murderer? Yeah, yeah. And then they have the fake confession, uh, oh, so it's not her. Yeah. And then it's like, oh wait, no, it is yeah, her. her. And then you see her with the rings and yeah. everything. Uh, and then like she's obviously she's on age and she's quite quiet because she's waiting for him to run yeah that's why and she's so on age and so and you're waiting for her to snap and just kill him yeah like because usually and I really appreciate how well it was written how well it was set up because usually they just go oh like uh, I mean the perfect example not a rom-com or anything but in like we, we've laughed about this before in, in movies like um, I know she did last summer where like he runs up to the window and goes hey hmm. Where someone like for no reason makes a loud noise or acts a way that yeah. is not natural, but they're doing it for the sake of the movie. Yeah, everything she does in this makes sense. Mm. I mean, pretty much everything uh, makes sense to her character. She's traumatized. She's nervous. She's scared that she'll be abandoned again. Yeah, and that's why she doesn't want to leave him out of her sight because she's worried. Yeah, run she off. wants to keep yeah. an eye on him, but yeah. we don't know that, and yeah. so it creates this. Oh wait, she is. She's possessive oh, no. and wants to just like. And like, and you don't want her to be because you like her because she's mm. she's a nice you know person yeah. and you care about her, and you're like, oh no, I don't want her to be the killer. And you're like, but what's going on? And so it, it adds a real good intrigue, mm. you know, and uh, and then the reveal when we see Rose come, it is kind of like what the when she smashes. Yeah, no, I, I, the phone. I, I really, quite... I really think there's a good structure yeah. to it. I mean, I, I do think it has its flaws, definitely. Um, and I think 
to be honest, they're more so the rom com elements. Mm. But um, I mean, it was a Roger Ebert, I think, reviewed it, and he said it, it was it was a good movie trapped inside an average movie. <laughs> and I think that's probably fair. Um, I would go. I would. I would say it's a little harsh. I think it is a good movie, but I think definitely there's a better movie trapped within a pretty good movie. Is, is probably what I would say. I but think it's a really good movie. No, I mean it is good, but I mean. Uh, I wouldn't call it like a, a really good movie. I think it's a good movie. It, it's a very funny movie, definitely. But as as a because it, it does have the, it does go for that dramatic kind of elements as well, like Cable Guy does. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, speaking of Cable Guy, we move on. No, we're no, about Charlie Stephen. McKenzie or Charlie. Jeez, what am I doing? God, just give me the run sheet. Yeah. <laughs> I I got I lost a track of myself when uh, when uh, cable guy came up. Okay, Charlie. Likable, very. Just, uh, we, we, what's weird is though, like I don't say he's a regular Joe Soap, but he's not. Like he's like a, a beatnik poet. Mm. Does he even have a job? Like you never see him working. No. He's able to like show up and like work volunteer for her in the butcher's mm. office in the butcher's shop. All day, well, looks and like. he obviously he writes a lot of poetry as well. So yeah, like I mean, and we never see his apartment or anything, do we? Yeah, I think you see him like on the rooftop of the building, but I don't yeah. think you see him in his yeah. actual apartment. You're just like, how the hell can he afford an apartment? Mm. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's a, 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 you know, a published poet or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's not that important. But it just, as he's not really a normal guy. Like he mm. acts like a normal guy, but he doesn't act like what I would imagine. A poet would yeah. act. You know? Well, like, I think he start with obviously he's he struggles with relationships. Actually, and it's something we didn't mention in the comedy, but it was his reasons for <laughs> oh, the beef for breaking soup. up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she smelled the exact same as beef vegetable soup. She was a thief. Yeah. To this day, I still don't know where my cat yeah. is. It's just like Charlie, your parents. <laughs> just like what? <laughs> yeah, and, and it was actually those moments that really reminded me of Chandler yeah. from Friends. Just these obscure well, reasons. When did for Friends come out? Ninety four. The year after. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they were influenced by him. Possibly. Because um, I can really see even like the, the, the sarcasm, and the, the dry weight. Terrified of commitment. Yeah, terrified of commitment. Although uh, to be fair to him, you can understand him being reluctant with this one when he gets all this evidence like that. Like, no, yeah. Makes you think, like, yeah, actually, you're probably right to be cautious But, but like, obviously the first, the first source of, of, of fear is the Weekly World News. <laughs> a notorious piece yeah. of rubbish. I mean, nobody... Believes it's true. It's supposed, uh, I think it's just. But to be fair to him, I, like you can see that he genuinely loves her, and he does want it to work so much, and that's why he goes to such extreme lengths to try and source out the truth and clear her name, because he really, really wants it to work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Definitely. And, and like, and the, and the thing about about it, about the, you're talking about the romance aspect. Mm. They have good chemistry. Like they you, do. Yeah. You immediately, you feel like, oh, I mean. They click well together. Like, I love the bit where, like, you know, he's, like, saying, um, you know, m- maybe it is kind of late, you know. Sometimes we kind of rush into it, and I don't think that's, you know, an uh, advisable thing to do. And she's like, I'm going to spend the night together. Mm. I have absolutely no problem with that. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, so he, I mean, he's a lovable guy, yeah. you know. Um, <clears throat> you know, he he's caring, and, you know, he looks out for his friends, and stuff, for his parents, mm. and... Um, no, you do like him when you're rooting for him. Uh, uh, and, and as I said, you do fear for him. Mm. Like, if he wasn't a likable character, you wouldn't care about his safety at on the honeymoon, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you think at that stage she is the axe murderer. So, and then obviously when Rose is trying to kill him, you do, you want him to get out of it, like, you know. Um, 
But then he's kind of kid-like at times as well, like when he's messing around in the butchers, you know, <laughs> yeah. saying like, Joe, get the school nurse. I'd, say, school nurse. I'd say again, that's probably another example of, I could be wrong, I'll just have him riffing on mm, set. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, yeah, with the, the school nurse bit and, there's, you know, that, that that's kind of just his natural comedy coming through. Yeah, and he's also, he's also charming. Like he knows, even though he kind of, he, he struggles with commitment, he knows how to read a situation, you know, and kind of, you know, like when he says like about, oh, I was nice. Evidently, you think of me as a woman friend, you know. Yes. He knows how to kind of, <laughs> you know, joke around, but kind of enhance that kind of chemistry. And yeah, he, of, he, he doesn't, he's not, he's not yeah. short of confidence. Yeah. Uh, and then he said like, you know, oh, this is, this is tough because Joe, like, when she speaks to Russians, like, so not only are you extremely beautiful, but you're, you know, really intelligent as well. Like, you know, he's kind of, he just, he knows how to kind of, you know what I mean? Like you feed in the compliments. He has well. charisma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and kind of just to uh, push forward a potential relationship, you know, or them yeah. getting together. Um, but yeah, we go on to Cable Guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I have Rick down, but there's not really much to him, really. Like, a friend. <laughs> he has some funny moments. He like, does have some like funny the, moments. He, his basketball, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And uh, I do feel for him when... Uh, when uh, Robin rings up uh, yeah, Steve and Steve, saying, like, you know, we can meet up there tonight. And then, like, dude, are you ready to rock? And it's like, oh, man, the concert. And, like, you do this every time, man. You know, it's mm. like, it is a thing that happens in this with friendships when, you know, you, yeah, you, you yeah, have a relationship. Or yeah, like they kind of get to put that aside. And, you know. I, I have to say, it was well acted. It was, it was well acted. And it's also the first time I ever saw Jack Black in anything. Mm. It was... Oh, I kind of... It's to be honest, it's the first <laughs> film I think of still when I think. Not that I haven't seen him or anything else, but just because that film had such an impression on me. Yeah, um, yeah, no, but you know what's funny is that a, a lot of actors are in this, like play small roles. Mm. So you've got um, obviously Owen Wilson. I know yeah. he was obviously big. I, I don't know how big he was at this. I don't stage. think not ninety six. I don't think he was. Yeah, he was friends with Ben Stiller at times. Well, but I don't um, think he was. You got you got Jean Garofalo plays the the waitress. She was basically legally required to be in every movie in the nineties, as far <laughs> as I can remember, and literally has not been in a movie since. It feels like. Then you got uh, David Cross. Now I didn't point him out to him when we're watching it, but David Cross, um, he's like uh, he works with Stephen in the office. He's the bald guy who's kind of beside him. Um, he laughs at the Oklahoma thing. Mm. He was he's in Arrested Development, which is a phenomenal comedy. I don't know if you've seen it or not. No. But uh, he, and he's also <laughs> one of the, the uh, sitcom. Well, I think possibly the greatest name ever. The increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret. That's the title. Yeah, it's the title. It's phenomenal. It's so good. Uh, actually, um, oh, it's someone one of the lads from In Betweeners in it as well. But um, it's very good. <clears throat> and then also you've got um. Bob Odenkirk, who plays Saul Goodman in uh, in Breaking Bad and in Better Call Saul, he plays Stephen's brother uh, at the party. And then you've also Stephen's father, uh, Seagal. He was, um, he was in Lucas Talking. Lucas Talking, but he's also in that, that, what's that comedy show? Um, oh, I can't think of the name. It's a pretty popular show. Oh, I, can't, I, I can't think of it, but yeah, he's in that as well. <laughs> he's in that, is he? Okay. Mm. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, it just reminded me with Jack Black. A lot of a lot of a lot of big actors uh, had I wouldn't say their first role, but like kind of the first time I uh, well I wouldn't say the first time I noticed them because I didn't realize Bob Odenkirk and David Cross were in it until last uh, we watched it last. Mm. But um, uh, it was uh, yeah, it just it's just funny that so many big actors had small roles in this. Mm. To be honest, though, like I think the film is like 
nine percent of the film it is Chip and Steven yeah. their story they're, yeah, they're the two characters you know? yeah I mean like I, was like I have Robin but like I mean there's not really she's just she's just part of the the story really she's to help like, enhance their yeah, yeah, story you know well, I find her like not that the actress wasn't good but I find the character not very likeable really? <laughs> yeah I find her a bit um, I find her a bit harsh with Steven at times kind of you know and I feel like you know having to use like all the Stuff like you know, getting the extra cable in and that kind of stuff, you know. I don't know. I took but, he, but Stephen didn't do that. She didn't no, I know he didn't. That. But when she thought he did that, like, oh, so now we're back to you know, uh, Uncle Turn. Like, she thought it was a grand gesture, yeah. something. I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, like yeah. they had their troubles, and mm. they. I I do think maybe the fact that he, she was going out with somebody and they were still almost together that was a bit much, but. Yeah, I, I could understand why he was annoyed about that. Cause like, but uh, overall, I, I didn't think she was dislikable. And I, I thought, and I really enjoyed her with the uh, with the scene with Chip in the um, the porno password and all that. Oh, that was great! Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the fact that like <clears throat> everyone is getting uh, enjoying it, like including his mother, you know, Stephen's yeah. mother, yeah. laughing away, loving his company. Everybody with Stephen is having an amazing time. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, like his whole family love Chip. And Chip is the guy who just sent him Sent him to jail And made him lose his job Yeah Um, But uh, Will we go on to Stephen? Yeah Like Stephen to me He's he's the everyman You know Straight laced He he very much is He he, he is like the polar opposite Of Chip Who's so extreme And intense behaviour And it's like Of all the people in the world Chip could Try to build a non-organic friendship with Stephen's like one of the last people I don't know about that I I think he he's actually a good one for that because he's got a good heart and he's he's <clears throat> I think we've kind of all been in that situation maybe a bit where somebody is trying to latch on to you to kind of form a friendship hopefully not as in the way that Chip does in this but I've definitely had people kind of try to force friendships and it's very awkward and you try I mean you try your best to kind of not be mean and you know but like if it's just if if it's completely forced and it's not natural it's very hard to and i think i, I steven struggles with that greatly and and and, and chip plays chip capitalizes on yeah his goodness yeah no 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 i, I agree that steven is very good-natured and tries to be but I'm kind if, about if, if it if steven was more cutthroat then chip wouldn't have a chance yeah but i, I was thinking from this from the standpoint that like Stephen's kind of very quiet and kind of you know he doesn't like to ruffle feathers or you know that kind of stuff you know he's very you know even like Joe like when it's like well is it safe you know that, that kind of when they're doing the medieval fight I think because uh, Chip is so energetic and outgoing and intense if someone was a bit more um, I don't know if cutthroat is the right word but a bit more kind of outgoing themselves in that sense you know what I mean I think Stephen's very shy kind of quiet guy I, I don't mean that kind of going out parodying kind of stuff you know? I don't think it makes a difference I think mm. the whole point is that Chip is self-destructive mm. and no matter who and I'm sure he I, you know when Rick points out that I'm going to move on the Chip now a bit but when, when Rick points out that Chip um, has done this many times before he stalked you know clients previously like it's clear that he's probably gone to a certain avenue with friends and then blown it mm. again. Yeah. Because he doesn't know how to act. That's the whole point is that he doesn't know how to be a friend. He's not able to be a friend to somebody because he doesn't know how friends work. All he knows is how movies and TV have told him 
how people are. We just naturally know yeah. who they are. The one kind of flaw that Stephen has, though, I think, in his character is that, like, he, he says initially, you know, you know, you enjoy the basketball. Like, he's like, what are you talking? We're not friends. I don't even know you. And then when the cable goes out, he says to Robin, he's like, um, damn, the cable's out. Oh, I know. The cable guy is a friend of mine. Mm. I'll just um, get him, you know, I'm a preferred customer. So he's willing to kind of use that yeah. when it can help him out, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and that was kind of a shitty thing to do. Yeah, and, and you can see how Chip would be... And I, yeah, yeah, you understand him being light on that. that. But, but if you notice then, like when they go to the medieval, um, you know... Times. Thing, yeah, and he's genuinely trying to apologize to him and he says like, you know he feels bad for kind of thinking that he might have upset Chip and like he, he's, you know, he's saying like, you know, this is nothing got to do with, you know, what happened before. He's really trying to genuinely say, look, I didn't mean to upset you and be, you know, shitty about that. You know, he's he's trying to do the right thing. Do you know what I mean? He's apologizing to him and he, making it feel like, look, I, I don't want to feel like I'm just coming because you asked me to do this. I, I you know, I would like to give this friendship a go now. You know what I mean? You, you think? Yeah. It, I think at that point, yeah. At the meal? When they go in, because remember after then he's like, we should go again next week. You oh, know? sorry, uh, sorry. After they come back, sorry. yeah. Oh, yeah. Then, oh, sorry. For but but when he's going, he does genuinely feel bad, and he's like, look, I don't want you to think, you know. He's trying to apologize. You see the feelings, and Chip kind of goes, hold on, the show's on. You yeah, know? but he's I just think, like, yes, we're here, we're friends, we're hanging out. What Stephen is trying to do is trying to break up with him there and then. He's trying to say like, look, I'm sorry this happened, you know, but I I think he's trying to say like, trying to explain that, like this is it, kind of like I don't this know. is a once off. I do. Uh, and and Chip is tr- trying to cut him off that he can't end it. Like if Chip keeps interrupting him, it keeps the night going because what he, Chip knows that the chances are once the night is over, that's it, and he has to he'll have to try and try another plan to get get him on board. Now it, it actually turns out that Stephen ends up really enjoying himself mm. in 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 the battle, and he has a good night. Yeah, and and he he, and he as you say, he finds he says to him, you know, well, let's go again next week. And so Chip has now he has actually achieved this. But I, I don't think Stephen. I mean, because Chip is clearly. I mean, Stephen's not an idiot, right? He's an architect. Mm. He's seen Chip flick the switch on back on. He knew that Chip turned it off. You know. Like he's not stupid. He he knows that he has blackmailed him into this. What's with the cord? Yeah, just perfect. Um, but so I I think Stephen. Now obviously we can differ, but I think mm. Stephen went there to say, look, I apologize. Let's have a good night. You know, dinner's on me, and you know, uh, you know, have a good life. And and Chip is stopping him every time because he he's afraid that that Stephen's going to do that, and he doesn't want to let him mm. speak. No, for me, I kind of read it that like he was kind of just felt bad and was like, you know, like he felt really bad about the way things had transpired up until that point about kind of using him to get the cable to be well, fixed. Well, I, I think... I think mm, that he genu- he felt genuinely felt bad about it because I think he yeah, is no, good, I, he's I a good-natured person. Like, so I, think, I think he is, but I think yeah. he's just, just genuine because why would you like put everything into a relationship, a friendship with a random stranger? I mean, that that you've no want to be friends with they're they're putting a hundred percent of of oh yeah like i'm not saying that he he should be expected to be friends no yeah but i don't think i I don't think he wanted to i think he was just like apologizing and saying okay sorry and then you know have a good life but but anyway after that happens then and he's like joe we should go again next week it's like chip he he can't he doesn't know how to it's actually building now they have a friendship that's, that's building you know going along nicely and he doesn't know he feels he has to keep 
launching it forward again when he, when he brings are, in all are, the, we, are we going on the, the entertainment now? equipment he brings into the apartment are we on chip now no we're still on Stephen yeah, we're talking a lot about chip though as so. well well kind of the two of them together kind of. but like Stephen like uh, god I lost my, lost my train of thought you're talking about when chip is bringing all these yeah all that equipment into him and for Stephen that's like you're cancelling the natural progression because he doesn't know how to do that and like from Stephen's point of view it's like oh, okay what's going on now and then he, he says like okay you know uh, keep it there for a few days you know but you need to get it out of here you know but he's still he's not saying that we can't be friends anymore just like this has to go and then they have that karaoke night and that's really good and then you see Chip's reality versus Stephen's reality of with the prostitute you know yeah yeah and how to um, react to that yeah, but I, again, I, I I really think this is this is all Chip we're talking about now, rather than Stephen. But yeah, I think that that is when Chip destroys the friendship, and and as I was saying, he's self-destructive. He doesn't know how to work. Mm. He's able to stumble along for a while, but eventually he messes up, and he makes a decision that he is sure is totally okay, but no normal person would spring a surprise like that on somebody, especially mm. a friend. Yeah. Um, it, it's a really bizarre thing to do and Chip doesn't understand why because Chip didn't have a proper upbringing and uh, well, you know like so I, I think we we just go on to Chip um, uh, no just before that at the end where Stephen um, uh, tries to save him I think it's at the end where Stephen realises he's just a guy who has issues and you know he should be helped you know don't, don't let him throw his life away you know what I mean he says, like, we all get lonely, you know, you're not going anywhere. That was the one where Stephen, even after all that had happened, you know, it took Robin, he realized that, like, he's just someone who just needs help, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, I just wanted to see him throw his life away, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, he, 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 he steps up when he doesn't need to. Mm. Um, because Chip has tried to kill his girlfriend. I mean, it, it's pretty I, I, crazy. I, I, as he says, as Stephen says, like, w- w- okay, what are we doing here? W- what are you planning to do? You know, it's like, yeah, what really is going to happen? He has no plan, yeah. as he says. But, um, yeah, okay, so Chip. Chip is a really, really sad character with a really dark past. Like, when, when he takes Stephen to the satellite and he tells a story about how... One night you kicked, you're lying, what was it, you kicked in the face, uh, no, what was it, it says, uh, kicked in the face with a steel toe-capped work boot, uh, trip to the hospital for reconstructive surgery, bloodied and, and bashed. Mm. And you're just like, Jesus, you know, that is, that is horrific. Um, and he, he, came, he came from an environment where his mother obviously allowed, probably, you know, like remember when he says, uh, they're gonna get me a bro- little brother, brother, and it's like that's what I'm going out to do, you know. And she's like bringing men back all the time. They're abusive, you know. They physically, mentally, emotionally, he's abandoned. He's told shut up and watch television. Mm. Um, well, as he says, I learned the facts of life by watching the facts of life. Yeah, he's a really, really dark character, and this, this, this is why I think the movie was uh, panned when it first came out because this came out one ninety six, yeah and like so people were expecting another ace ventura or even the mask or dumb, or dumb and dumber dumb. or something that something that was full-blown comedy everybody you know everyone can go and watch it because dumb and dumber is a little more risque or whatever but you know what i mean like people can go they know they're going to have a great time and great laugh and 
walk out of it and be like chuckling on the way home from the cinema. And this is well, not... Think, yeah, it's like you light Christmas... Uh, Stanley Ipkiss. Yeah, or Ace Easter are a lot lighter in terms of, you know, how they... Yeah, in no nowhere near yeah. similar to this. Yeah. So, th- so when you go in and, and you come out and you see a man try to kill himself because he's so depressed at how lonely he is, you know, a man that has more in 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 common with Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver than he does from Ace Ventura. Um, but even it, like, it is he, a shock. It's, he, it's he's a always surprise. performing as well. Like, you know, he's always a- acting. You know, he is. Yeah, like uh, where he's like, you know, the, even the beginning where he's like, uh, he must be here four hours ago. And he's like, well, maybe I shouldn't have come at all. Jerk off. Yeah, he, he <laughs> just jerking, but he's always he has that just classic um, thing I've observed in people with low self esteem, mm. where they're always kind of trying to put other people down so, so they can build I mean, it's a classic bully mentality mm. where you feel terrible so you make somebody else feel terrible so that you'll feel, hopefully feel better I'm not saying he tries to make Stephen feel terrible but he tries to like t- you know tell over the top jokes and like he kind of screams at him in a way that you know when you just meet somebody you don't scream mm. into their face yeah. he doesn't understand that he's socially uh, crippled um, but like, there's three early in the film there's three points that are in quick succession um, that really stand out for me are like so he says like um, well, it's a bit of a drag you know you come in getting to know someone doing a job then it's done you know he's uh, he's kind of fishing for who maybe he'll completely fishing. take the hook you know when maybe he'll like, go hey oh, we should hang out oh, oh wait and he's like yeah yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's like he's desperate he's so for quick another minute of conversation mm. because that's a minute less of him sitting in alone in his van yeah and he's even like, I feel good about this. Mm-hmm. And that linger. Yeah. Talk about something else. Mention something. Let's just keep going. I That's don't want to leave. with this job. He's trying to get to know someone. Yeah. Then boom, bam, yeah, you're gone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right about the, yeah. Like, hey, wait. Yeah. He's just so yeah. desperate to kind of. And, and even then when he's like, um, so you sit around and stew about your ex? No. Okay. See, so you have six. And then like yeah, runs yeah. away before, before he, he can, can say yeah, anything. anything like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Um, <laughs> literally sprints down yeah. the hall. It's like the, maybe have the satellite sometime. Sure. We should do that sometime. Something you say. Yeah, we yeah. should do that sometime. In other Which words. means possibly never. No, it means definitely Yeah. Never. <laughs> and then how about tomorrow? Like who says how about tomorrow? Like you're next week at a yeah. push, you know, she's still a bit what? But like, Tomorrow, at least. Um, or I, I mean, even like going the big one for me, which I know you, you talked about earlier in a way, but um, when after they come back from the satellite, they're in the van, and he's like, I don't even know your name. You really want to know my name? Like, that to him is huge. I mean, that how sad is that? That somebody is, uh, you know, overjoyed at the fact that somebody's asking their name. Mm. I know, yeah. You know, it's a really depressing thought. Um. Again, uh, when Stephen gives him the gift of the of the tape as well, yeah. and it's, it's it's nothing, and he's like, "No, yes, it is, yes, mm. it is," and you can tell. Like, I mean, this could be the first gift, maybe he's ever got. Like his mother probably didn't give him much. Yeah, and then like this kind of even that thing like as you said earlier, but he mentions at the basketball game about like we made a routine installation. Like I've known him my whole life. It's like yeah. everyone know now. Me and Stephen are best buds. Yeah. And, and we are friends. And like he's trying to push Rick out straight away. Oh yeah. And then like the leave and then like the He's the... changed, Rick. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing as well. It's like what like she can't let Stephen no. be friends with anyone else. It's like he's oh, gotta get his clothes in yeah. because he's desperate of re- he's like Harriet in a way. He's afraid of rejection. Hmm. 
Um, but didn't you know? Then he leaves the nine message like that. Was like, oh, what yeah, the yeah. hell? Like, I... and and that's why, to be fair to Stephen, like, would you call someone back after that? Mm. Someone you've just met once, and they're leaving you nine messages. It was eleven messages. Yeah, he's like, all right, and then it's like, nine, one, two, first two from his parents, yeah. and then like nine from from yeah. Chip. Um, like th- it was after that he didn't call him back, leading mm. up to the. Thing. I think you were kind of just talking about Stephen earlier, and uh, mm. I think to be fair, like I mean, I would be freaked out by this. Yeah. Um, like, it's a funny line actually. We didn't mention it earlier in comedy, but hey, I was just uh, taking a ways, and I thought I heard uh, the phone ringing. Um, <laughs> never happened to you. Call me. We'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> just pure to, desperation. To pure desperation. But and he's very, he's very like um, he's naive, and he just said like his judgment of thinking that, you know, Stephen wouldn't feel weird about him getting sent him up with a prostitute yeah yeah he socially socially as i said yeah. socially crippled but what he also is as well is really really calculating mm. and a master manipulator yeah so calculating like when he like he plants the camera when what well, he must have done it when he planted the 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 karaoke stuff yeah like before i say during his first visit there he must have done it Do you when think he was so? setting up, well yeah because He's not at the apartment. Well, karaoke is afterwards, isn't it? No, but he did it before though, because remember he had the thing about the hair plugs. I think I hate him. Like he says that when they're going to watch. Um, That's what I'm saying. That's before the karaoke. Yeah, it is way before that. So, okay, so yeah, so I he, think he, he must was, have done it on the first visit. Yeah. yeah. So he already had his plans. So like I'm going to be. I'm just, latching onto this guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he he set the camera. He and then obviously I'd say he got the prostitute on purpose. Took the photo on purpose, knowing I'm gonna need that for later. Yeah, in case he. Uh, this is insurance. Yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, yes, yeah, so he he sets it all up like he, he like straight in he goes he's going in negatively mm. he's going in prepared for the worst but hoping for the best. Yeah, but I have this fallback plan of stuff uh, to support me, but like he even then like he um. You know, to put Stephen at odds with his family then and all that as well. Like, I mean, he has that line of like, I can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Yeah. You seem to prefer the latter. I mean, that's very true, you know. Yeah, and that's actually... That's accurate. And, and when he starts kind of ringing around, and I forgot to say the music, but I like the music when he starts ringing Robin. Mm. Uh, and he's like, he's starting to like stirring up his Stephen's life. The yeah. music just there when he's like pretending he's worried about Stephen. Yeah. Music is, it works quite well with that scene, but it, it starts to show really that dark side of him. Where he can really be nasty. He's unhinged as well. Like, oh, you don't know what he's, he's going to do. Like. Um, to be honest, he feels more dangerous there than he does at the end. The end, he's he's like, uh, like the Joker says, um, a dog chasing a car. If <laughs> I caught it, I wouldn't know what to do with it. And that's that's what Chip is like at mm. the end. He's he's trying to do the classic ending. Um, you know, it's a perfect place for an ending. They've been to it earlier. You know, it's like the class again. This is very meta, like mm. we're talking earlier, like very, very scream. Um, but uh, uh, like he, he just he's just going on emotion. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He just wants to make a cinematic moment. Mm. Um, I said like he lives a lot true references to television and film like you mentioned Jerry Maguire mm. the final daughter quoting like uh, dry land is not a myth Kevin Costner Waterworld you know as he's having this confrontation with Steve and his fight and he's still kind of yeah. living in a film and also 
he's quite brilliant. Like, anyway, whoever wrote this script was quite an uh, uh, excellent predictor of the future. But when, when he goes on to the, you know, in the near future, we're going to be able to visit the Louvre, watch female mud wrestling on one channel, go online shopping and gaming with, with a friend in Vietnam. Mm. I mean, that is literally what we do today. There's Every, no end that. to the possibility. I mean, it's quite incredible. This is 96. Mm. And, I mean... That's exactly what people are doing. Yeah, that. you know, it really, yeah. it really is. Uh, I didn't think of that actually. An incredible moment, yeah. um, incredible uh, uh, prediction <laughs> yeah. uh, to make. I mean, I know obviously this, like, the internet was a thing at the time, but it was very much in, in its infancy, and and uh, to, you know, to do all that stuff was difficult. It was possible, but it was difficult. But now it is exactly what Chip was talking about. Um, but yeah, you know, um, yeah. Overall, I I think he is a really, really uh, sad uh, character. You care about him, and you know, you you hope for the best for him, and you know, and Stephen. But you know that it's going bad quickly. Um, <laughs> like the last scene was like, hey. Are you really my buddy? Yeah. Yeah, of course I am. It's like, well, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, to be honest, I mean, I, I, I think it's kind of good, but I, I kind of wish he'd learned his lesson of it. No, I, I, to be honest, I think it would have been stronger if he died. Mm. I think it would have been a stronger statement. And one thing I do, I think, and we kind of really haven't mentioned it fully. I wonder did they mull over that idea? They possibly I'd say did. so. I mean, obviously, they had the reveal where you think he's dead, yeah. where you think he's impaled. Yeah. Um, but you know, when he throws himself off and he's like, "It's too late for me," but I, I gotta save all the other little cable boys and girls. Mm. And he, he, he throws himself off and he smashes into the into the um, satellite mm. and he cuts off the Television. the trial. Yeah. The trial obviously is an allegory for the crap that we dedicate ourselves yeah. to. Yeah. And like you know. A horrific story about a, a famous celebrity killing their brother, and we see it all the time. We saw, you know, with um, the the Olympic athlete, you know, who uh, murdered his girlfriend there a few years ago, and the trial was all over the place. And we saw Michael Jackson. You saw it with O.J. Simpson, of course. With the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Thing yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, people have this just obsession over. Celebrities and famous yeah, people and their lives, and even also the, the the beginning of the film where they have this kind of like flicking through the channels, mm. and it's like Jerry Springer, it's oh, it's crap daytime yeah. soaps, mm. it's it's terrible um, quiz shows, and you know like um, uh, I don't know, you know uh, like um, Ricky Lake was there. Ricky well. Lake was on, and just like the worst of the worst mm. rubbish. Um, so it was definitely a critique of of, and he is he is like the worst case scenario yeah. of what somebody raised on just terrible television and mm-hmm. movies is, and even maybe good television and movies. Now, I I I definitely don't think that film and television are, are evil or anything, but I do think you know obviously things can be abused, but I think that that's what they're going for. Especially um, when that's all he was living off was just yeah, that, and, and, and so and so he's lived off that, and then he, but him ending by destroying it, I think it would have been more powerful if if he gave his life destroying it. Mm. Um, but 
I, I, I still think he, he's a fantastic uh, character, you know, mm-hmm. and, and an amazing performance by Jim Carrey. I think it was the first time we saw what he could do dramatically as well as mm-hmm. comedically, even though it's, it's, it it's is a, cross a, a comedy yeah. movie. Yeah. But yeah, uh, ready to vote? I vote for number three. So remember, it's, 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 it's two all, so this is a crucial vote. Um, do you want to go well, first? Like, yeah. Like I think there's more ca- car- memorable characters in So I Married an Axe Murder. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, you have a lot of good supporting characters. Yeah. You know, as well. The cable guy has Chip and Steven. Everyone else, they're fine, but you're, they don't have a lot to play in the grand scheme of things of the film. It's yeah. Chip and Steve, Steven. Um, so, yeah, it's... Tough. Um, I'd probably I'd probably go Cable Guy just for the the it's even though it's their comedies, but kind of the the, the dramatic dark edge of Chip's character and what he kind of goes through. It's um, it's very strong. You know, it's very striking, even though it's a comedy as well. Mm. Um, and as I said, I think they play off each other well. I think um, Matthew Broderick is brilliant as the straight guy. You know. That, and you need that as well to counterbalance uh, the way Chip is, you know. That's yep. the way it works. Um, so I think, even though I think Swimmer Axe has more distinct characters as a whole, I'd probably give it to Caleb just for that, for that kind of mm. path that he goes on. Yeah, um, Swimmer Axe definitely has more characters that are good. Um, we've discussed them at length, you know, obviously, you know, Parents, Harriet's good, you know, Rose is good, you know, Tony's alright, um, and Charlie is good. So like there's a lot of strong characters in it. But as be honest, it's it, it Chip is a phenomenal character. I was a you know, phenomenal, maybe I'm being a little overblown, but I think he's a really good character and I think Jim Carrey's performance is excellent in it. And and you're right, actually um Stephen Stephen's kind of straight, you know, Broderick's straightness as Stephen in the everyday normal guy allows Chip to kind of go insane, mm. and they, you know, it's it, crucial to the story. St- Stephen well. grounds, yeah, grounds Chip and grounds Jim Carrey's performance in reality because it, it can be quite overblown, as you know, <laughs> we've seen in the past and and, and afterwards, um, but. Uh, it, it it's 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 a really it's a really powerful character and it's a really powerful performance and I think for Chip alone it's for me it's Cable Guy. So uh, yeah, so that's Cable Guy takes it four two, but another very very close battle between uh, two well relatively obscure. I'd say so by next murder is more obscure than Cable Guy. Uh, mid early mid 90s dark comedies um but yeah i really enjoyed that one this one was uh one for our family definitely yeah there are there two definitely two of my favorite comedy films from the 90s um you know it, it's it's you know you you kind of ha, what you grew up with you know the nostalgia you have for your youth and you know kind of the movies that also helped form your love of film mm. as well. Yeah. Um it's impossible to shake them. Um 
Yeah. And you know, and it's good to be able to go back and say, I still like them. I still, I still really enjoyed mm. both films. Because I, you hate going back to something that you used to love. and oh. then going, damn, I don't like this anymore. Uh, you know, really want to like it. Happened it. me with um, the Turtles cartoon. You know, the eighties, early nineties Turtles cartoon. The original cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I tried to watch it. And I just, it's just, it's, it's not. It, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, and this, thankfully, for both in both instances, was uh, really enjoyable. And actually, I think I understood them. I certainly, Cable Guy. I think I, I got on, on, on another level than I than I did as a child. Um, but yeah, I I I I really enjoyed revisiting the past, going back to the nineties. Going back to the VHS days. Oh, that reminds me. This is a brief story I wanted to say about our VHS watching days. So, um, growing up, you know, we weren't exactly rich or anything. So our um, our first uh, VHS player was a secondhand one that we bought, and um, it, it you know it, it, it look it look it served us well. We 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 we, uh, we, we uh, put it through its paces uh, a lot. There's eight of us in our house growing up, and there was a lot of videos watched. But it would sometimes it would act up, and uh, tapes would get caught, and obviously, me, I and our brother Michael became experts at opening up the uh, doing like repairs on it and opening it up and uh, getting the tape out of the heads that were, when they were caught. But it started happening so many times that we were afraid that like a good tape would, would be destroyed or even the tape that we had rented. So we used to have a tester tape, a tape that we were totally willing for it to be destroyed. <laughs> and it was um, King of the Kickboxers, the martial arts movie. Uh, I can't remember who was in it. Um, but I just, I wonder if anybody else had that uh, predicament where you had a... Uh, yeah, yeah, like you know, canary in the coal mine, where you would just put it in, and if if it if it got destroyed, so be it, so be it. And oh, I love the fact that it's like we were just going, we were just testing to see what, what kind of mood is it in. Like, okay, is he okay? Is okay? Okay, he's he's feeling alright today. Okay, let let's put a tape, a good tape in, and watch it. Because remember also, if if it went, <laughs> if it went past maybe fifteen twenty minutes into the tape. You couldn't hit rewind because if you did, it would just freeze for about ten hours, and that was it. it was like, you can't watch anything tonight, no. You just you were why did you rewind it? Do you remember that? It'd be a risk where like if it was yeah, a really like, funny moment, well, you wanted yeah, to watch like, rewind. Well, well, I rewind it. Can I risk it? I'm like, mm, no, I don't. I wouldn't risk it just in case. Uh, yeah, what a bizarre glitch that was. Because uh, it would kind of go its own. You would rewind it, and then it would kind of just go <laughs> off itself rewinding, and then it would just yeah, the screen would go like, off. Oh no! Oh, and, and everyone knew like. Within, within like a fraction of a second, you knew it was done. You knew like, okay, we'll have to watch it tomorrow night. Or if it was a school night, well, you know, tough. You've just destroyed it for yourself. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So VHS was, was, you know, a lot of nostalgia for it. But you know, I'm th- definitely glad we moved on to Blu-rays and Netflix. But moving on. Speaking of moving on, we um, okay. So we went from nostalgia for us. To nostalgia for most people, but not us. Next week, it's a big one. Next week, mm. it is Liam. It's uh, so Star Wars is the original Star Wars. Star film. Wars Episode Four: A fa- uh, um, A New Hope. Yeah. I almost said a Versus Indiana Jones: 
Raiders of the Lost Ark. I believe that's the first original one. So it's the original Star Wars film versus the original Indiana Jones film. That's blockbuster for you. Yeah. That's uh, box uh, office. And what's even more blockbuster and box office is that uh, Liam has never seen either of them. I don't think. Have you? I've seen like clips of yeah, Indiana Jones. You, you, but I, no, I've never seen either of them. In, I've, I've never seen Star Wars and Indiana Jones I've seen clips. That's it. And it was years ago. So yeah, I, and I, I have seen Star Wars, but I saw it for the first time about three or four years ago, which really is truly bizarre for two people that love film. Um, I think for both of us, for me in particular, I had avoided it because it has been built up so much. And, you know, it just felt like it never could, could live up. Uh, Indiana Jones, I don't know. I, I It was one of those movies that, I'd see clips and stuff, and I'm sure I saw bits of it as a kid growing up, but I couldn't tell you what happens in them. I uh, feel like Indiana Jones is one I definitely would like. I like those kind of adventure films. So yeah, well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to this episode. I, I, I have seen Star Wars since. I've seen all of the, all of the movies since, but um, Liam is completely uh, virgin going in on these, so it'll be very interesting to hear his take uh, for the first time watching uh, Episode Four, up against. Uh, Weirds of the Lost Ark. But, uh, um, but yeah, um, hope you enjoyed the episode. It was definitely a, a different tone and feel again. Um, but uh, this concludes our broadcast day. Click. Click. <laughs>